0: Welcome to the Interview Chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the Interview Chair. You were genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 24 of the interview chair, an educator's golden rule. I was thinking recently of this quote by Michael Linson. If you were to have only one goal this coming school year, make it that your students trust you and enjoy being in your classroom. Now imagine a scenario where an assistant principal leaves his office after having just met with an angry parent over their son's suspension for vaping in the boys' bathroom. And as he walks out into the front office, he is told that Cody, a student who has a reputation for getting in trouble, is waiting to see him. A teacher has reported that Cody was in possession of a small pocket knife in class. The assistant principal, still frustrated from his interactions with the parent, addresses Cody in a way that makes his short temper clear and directs the student into his office. When he asks Cody where he got the knife, Cody says he found it. The assistant principal doesn't believe Cody. He then tells Cody he doesn't have time for stories and that if he won't tell him where he got the knife, then he will be suspended from school and he can deal with the police. Cody then tells him his father gave him the knife. Students and staff can discern when our levels of frustration rise, whether it be a classroom teacher, an assistant principal, or a principal. Maybe we become short in our responses, or our tone no longer carries the same level of patience and kindness. Slowly we begin to separate ourselves from them, and this works against us in the long term. And over time, students will begin to resent the adults who respond to them in this manner. Imagine the same scenario, but this time, rather than direct Cody into his office, the assistant principal sits next to him and in a concerned voice asks how he is doing. And after listening to Cody, he asks a couple follow-up questions to gauge his mindset. He then invites Cody into his office and tells him how much he cares about him and that he's a little worried about him. When he asks Cody where he got the knife, Cody responds that he found it. But rather than become impatient, The assistant principal maintains a positive approach. He asks Cody more follow-up questions because, well, he's truly concerned for his well-being and his propensity for finding himself in bad situations. Eventually, Cody says that he got the knife from his father. But then he adds one more piece to the puzzle. His father and mother don't get along. If his mom finds out his dad gave him the knife, Cody's afraid that it will cause another argument and he won't be allowed to join his father the following weekend for a hunting trip. Now imagine yourself back in the interview chair just for a second and given the same scenario. How would you respond? Would you respond like the assistant principal did in scenario one or scenario two? And my guess is I already know the answer. You would respond like the assistant principal did in scenario two, hence why you were given the job. Now reflect, is your behavior today mirroring the words that you shared in the interview chair? And if not, that's okay. We're not here to beat you up. We're here to remind you who the person is you always wanted to be. It's true that in both scenarios, the assistant principal was able to get Cody to tell him where he got the knife. No one's arguing that. However, in one situation, the student felt trapped and in the other, he was supported. When we are confronted with a dilemma, the way we approach the situation can change more than the outcome. The way we manage ourselves and the level of sincere investment in our every interaction with each student will eventually determine how they view the adults in their lives. How we are defined is often based on how we respond in the moment. And by responding in a genuine, curious, sincere way, we make progress even if it's slow progress. See, our work as educators is extremely difficult. We know this. But there's good news. It's also extremely rewarding. And like any important job, our work can and should be complicated. Yet there are times when it behooves us to simply or excuse me, to simplify the work down to its very essence. An author I once worked with suggested that if educators simply did just one thing, we would have it all solved. By the way, this one thing kind of reminds me, if you've ever seen the film City Slickers, when Billy Crystal's character Mitch keeps asking Curly, what is the one thing in life that is most important? And as Curly reminded Billy Crystal, it's your job to figure it out. So what was this author's one thing? That if we all followed the golden rule of treating others the way we want to be treated, that would take care of pretty much all the challenges we face in education. Although it may seem like an oversimplified stance, okay, I'll give you that. But let's just consider it just for fun. In what ways would our schools be different if every educator in every school dealt with every Cody? every colleague, and every parent as we would have them deal with us. For instance, if that one thing was the standard for treating others, how would you respond when a student misbehaves consistently or a colleague asks you to cover their class? How about a working parent who asks if they can meet for a conference before or after normal working hours? Or what if a student failed to turn in an assignment? Or a student or a parent or a colleague lashes out at you angrily about something? Or what about a student who misses two weeks of school for being ill? Or a colleague who who falls short of our expectations in some area? Look, we can predict all of these things are going to happen at some time or another. And if, in each of these instances, we responded according to this one thing, We suspect our schools would be better places in which to teach, learn, and lead. If someone disappoints us, be that person, a student, or a parent, or a colleague, and we respond with respect, empathy, and honesty, chances are we are responding in a way we would want that person to deal with us. So here are three important caveats to this one thing, however. First, it starts with us. And like all good ideas for making our world a better place, it's always going to start with us. If we are not modeling this behavior, it is unlikely to spread and become embedded in the culture of the organization. Core principle number two of Culturize reminds us of this. Expect excellence. Don't ask others to do what we're not willing to do ourselves, because we know that what we model is what we get. So it always begins with us, and when we don't get the results we want, remember stay off the perimeter and go back to your inner self. Second, easier said than done, I know. This sounds a whole lot easier in theory than it actually is in practice. Let's face it, There are some really annoying things occurring in our schools each day. Not only that, but at times, people with whom we interact disappoint us or treat us poorly and even do things that hurt us. And when these things happen, Yes, it is never fun and often tempting to respond in haste. When thusly tempted, we must keep in mind this powerful axiom we are defined by our actions towards others, not others' actions towards us. And third, we are all different. We have learned that not everyone wants to be treated the way we want to be treated. Although there are certainly differences among people in how they prefer to be treated, we suspect there are some ways of dealing with others that work for nearly everyone. Behaving towards others with dignity or respect and patience and calmness and compassion and empathy while actively listening and seeking to honestly know the other person are behaviors that will sit well with virtually all students, parents, and colleagues. In fact, the more we get to know our kids and our parents and our colleagues, the more equipped we are to twist the golden rule just a bit, moving from treating others as we would want to be treated, to treating others as they would want to be treated. We may never get the entire school community consistently behaving in this way, but the more often each of us models this one thing, the more likely it is we will get others to follow suit. Eventually, if we stay the course, It may even become embedded in the culture as simply the way we do things around here. This one thing may not be the answer to every challenge facing those of us serving in schools, but we honestly suspect it would eliminate many of the negative incidents that occur therein. Intentionally and consistently seeking to deal with others as we would have them deal with us is one thing we can do to make schools better and build a stronger relationship with the Codys of the world so they trust us rather than resent us. My friends, it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycasas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Casas underscore Jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode.